Hi everyone, my name is Leo and with me is John and we'll be your co-host today on Green Nickel 101, your source for eco-friendly EV nickel discussions. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today's episode, we're going to focus on are we ready for a super cycle? But before we get started, John, let's quickly recap our previous episode. We talked about battery versus hydrogen power, pros and cons. Interesting episode. Loved it. Yeah. You know what? Hydrogen comes in different colors, not real colors, but, you know, per se, like it's not always green is the point. Um, you know, uh, there's what's known as black, you know, hydrogen gray hydrogen block being from coal based on how sourced they, how the, the, the hydrogen is is produced produced yeah. yeah so if you have coal fired you know energy plants uh that's known as and you extract hydrogen from that process that's known as black hydrogen right mm -hmm. gray hydrogen would be you know derived using natural gas those are both burning type of fossil fuels natural gas is much better than coal but they're still fossil fuel sourced Mm -hmm. And I think what we came up with was, is hydrogen and the hydrogen platform a viable opponent to go head to head with mm -hmm. the battery platform? Yeah. And instead of looking at it as a, a rivalry or a hydrogen tiger, a versus, winner takes all. Yeah, yeah, we decided that they could coexist. They could There's coexist. plenty of room to go around in this emerging uh, world that we're entering into that is based on renewable uh, energy and uh, socially and environmentally responsible uh, mobility and energy storage. Yeah, like, so. uh, you know, Boeing was looking at hydrogen to fueling their, uh, I think it was their zero emission or zero E or E zero yeah. uh, platform that they're rolling out. And it makes sense for air travel, maybe, in, you know, using it in fuel cell technology, where you can convert directly from hydrogen to uh, electricity through fuel cells. Mm -hmm. the, the sketchy stuff is when you start using hydrogen as a in a combustible engine format. You know, there's some safety concerns and maybe stigma, stigma yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, all in all, you know what, battery, uh, especially using batteries uh, made with nickel sulfide are eco-friendly mm -hmm. um, and they're a great um great energy density in the battery side, right? So you can't really, it's not a, a winner takes all. No, but I, it's not a winner takes all, but I think I kind of, if you were going to pit hydrogen versus battery technology, I kind of saw it as a, you know, 75% battery platform via energy storage and 25% hydrogen, hydrogen fuel cell. Again, room to coexist, but it seems to me like the market leader moving forward in mobility and energy storage is certainly uh, in battery, the camp of battery, the battery side. Camp. Yeah, so battery technology will continue to grow, but hydrogen technology will find a place in the electrification movement. Mm -hmm. Agreed, right? Yep. So now, having said that, let's move on to this week's discussion. Are we ready for a super cycle? So super cycle, super duper cycle. So, like here, let's start by discussing a little bit for our audience members, what is a super cycle and why are we heading for one? So let's break that up. So great article in The Motley Fool. Um, by the way, folks, we have links in our comments to all our um, articles that we're going to be citing today and using as references. But a super cycle, I'm going to paraphrase here. A super cycle is defined as a sustained period of expansion, usually driven by robust growth in demand for products and services. 
So economic super cycles tend to produce strong, sustained demand for raw and manufactured materials. So now you can see how that plays into the EV revolution here, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Such as metals, and they say plastics in their definition. Our focus is obviously on battery metals, but that exceeds you know, th those, those, um, you know, demand for raw materials that exceeds what commodity producers can supply. And we've been talking about this since, uh, season one, episode one mm -hmm. on, you know, supply chain constraints. We're not really don't have everything, our ducks in a row to be able to keep up with the demand. So you're going to have sustained growth, um, and long term periods of these commodity prices being and markets being under sure, constraints, a, a right? super cycle would would create an opportunity for uh, investments, you know. In yeah, because it's really good for stock prices. Yeah, depending on the sector, mm -hmm. uh, sector rotation into uh, commodities, for example. Mm -hmm. But you know, usually a super cycle is created or initiated by some form of a catalyst. You know, there's been super cycles in commodities and uh, economic forces in the past. Uh, you know, centered around perhaps, you know, World War One, World War Two, Industrial Revolution, um, you know, and then obviously more more currently, perhaps the the uh, onset of, of China into uh, our global economy here and, and the, the impact that the demand from China has created globally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, John, why are we? heading towards a super cycle. So now we know what a super cycle is. Um, another great article, Forbes magazine, July 15, 2021, uh, titled The Super Cycle Like No Other. They question, is there going to be a super cycle? Forbes thinks so. And they're pretty sure it's going to be different from any of the others they've seen before. Well, you know? I mean, if, if I were to just rewind a little bit here uh, and kind of analyze uh, a super cycle and say that um, if there is, in fact, a catalyst. Well, what would our current conditions uh, today present to create a, uh, an economic or commodity super cycle? Certainly the pandemic that we've gone through right. through the past one and a half to two years uh, has had an impact. And you have to remember something, you know, a super cycle or a commodities super cycle in this case is uh, initiated by what we've talked about in previous episodes when we've talked about mining and battery metals, a supply gap. Mm -hmm. well, why is there a supply gap presenting itself? And fundamentally, I would say that when you have a, a lockdown or a shutdown in the global economy uh, and you're, you're uh, scuttling or sputtering production, factories, stuff like that, Typically, supply takes a longer period of time to ramp up and get going mm -hmm. than demand does. Demand tends to react more quickly. So you have this supply gap that's created. And then all of these other factors involved, you know, not only do you need production to catch up, you need transportation. Right. You know, how many cargo ships are sitting outside of L.A. and Long Beach right now? Yeah, there's are, hundreds yeah. just sitting there waiting to get offloaded. Um, and, you know, uh, they're doing their best. Their Biden came out with uh, the uh, mandate to have 24 hour now in the L.A. and several other ports on the western coast. Um, to um, man those ports 24 hours a day, like most other ports are done around the world. To so let's assume, the that, let's assume that that was the catalyst, okay? One of them. One of them. But yeah. you have to remember, that would be a temporary phenomenon. Sure. Because eventually, as 
these different forms of government incentives like CERB or uh, welfare checks or what have you mm-hmm. that are being government paid. social yeah socially responsible programs were yeah. to help uh, assistance yeah yeah once that um, ends which appears to be in now or in the very in the not future. so distant future yeah people yeah. get back to work and stuff like that so there's there is logic that this could be a temporary. Uh, blip in terms of an inflationary they, and price gap. They, they're talking about inflation being temporary, where supply chains, when they come back to some normalcy, those inflation numbers should be back to, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of standard, not so hot, not so cold median spot. Um, yeah, so and that, that's where I think some of the so that that is the, the that impact on pricing and inflation is is supply driven, okay? right? And they're but temporary. Let's, let's temporary, and yeah, exactly. Uh, but from the demand side, Whole this different is where the key is that yeah. we're talking about here in this super cycle. Demand is there, and if you want to analyze, for example, the uh, battery revolution, EV revolution, energy storage revolution, climate change, all these different things, it's created a tremendous shift transformational shift in this new uh, format that we've been talking about in our podcast. And hydrocarbons aren't going to fuel this growth boom. Uh, It's not to say oil, gas, and coal won't play an important role. You know, it's not going to just end overnight, but it will transition transition over to... And this is is where I'm I'm paralleling this into the battery metal space Mm -hmm. or the minerals or mining space. Metals. Yeah. Is you're going to have this tremendous amount of demand for these different formats that we've been discussing in our podcast here and you got to remember it mines don't start up overnight they don't just five to ten years sprout yeah they don't sprout like mushrooms from discovery out of nothing out of to thin air. production yeah right so if you're talking about demand for cobalt copper lithium nickel manganese yeah these take a while to have enough capital investment to uh, create discoveries and, and 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 move up the supply chain. So we agree it will be the metals that are critical to the energy transition we're talking about that will electrify, you know, And uh, if we're talking about the commodities, markets. I think it's predominantly going to be the metal space that will mm-hmm. drive the super cycle moving forward. So why don't we see it in the prices, John? Like, you know, has it begun? But prices have been wobbling. Listen, we've been just hovering just below the ten dollar per pound uh, U.S. Um, just just been hovering below the ten dollar mark. And uh, but some like a couple of weeks ago, nickel was like at the nine fifty. It pro- I think it ended just under the nine dollar mark. What's 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 contributing to this wobble kind of effect here in the commodity prices? It's just not. Well, I, I think, feel we're, I th- we're I think at what you have to look at beginning Leo. of one, but. You have to look at trend, okay? Um, and the the trend is your friend, as they say, mm-hmm. in the investment world. And I would argue that if you look at a five year time frame or even a ten year time frame, commodities uh, and metals in particular have mm-hmm. per- performed tremendously well. But you have to remember where you're coming from. You're coming from a tremendous bear market in the early, uh, call it 2010 moving forward. Mm-hmm. So although some of the prices of these uh, battery metals and minerals haven't quite reached the price, the, that pivotal point that that uh, initiates more investment into the space, and we've always said that for nickel, it would probably be around the $10 a pound mark, which we're just shy of. You got to remember, we came from $4 a pound 
in uh, the mid uh, mid teens, two thousand fifteen. Not too long ago. Yeah, so we're up two hundred and fifty percent from yeah. that that price. Point. And maybe so. copper is showing a little bit more mm-hmm. aggressive high prices, I guess, of late. But you know, I can quickly see how nickel will you know definitely be in one of those. Um, sought after categories and you know not they too, all the, not too far from the that. entire battery supply chain is in demand mm-hmm. and the catalyst again aside from the negative supply driven aspects we talked about like pandemics mm-hmm. etc we the world is pivoting towards a different format mm-hmm. as per our our podcast discussions over the past year and you're going to have a tremendous amount of demand which Prices currently are at the point where they're incentivizing more investment in the battery metal space. I see it as an opportunity. You know, listen, when do you want to get into the game when it's already happened and, you know, you're a little bit too late? Like, look at the housing prices today. A lot of people say, hey, I'm priced out of a home. I wish I bought a house five years ago. X, you know. Hey, you know, you can't drive a car looking in the rear view mirror, Leo. You've got to be looking well ahead, ahead well, well down ahead. the road. Yes. Okay. Be proactive, folks. Yes. You know, don't look in front of the car. Look, you know, right in front of the car. Look down the road. Exactly. Yeah. And don't stare in the rearview mirror and complain about what you might have missed, what opportunities passed you by. Yeah. Look ahead. Do you do diligence? Isn't that, isn't that really why we decided to do this podcast, John? To educate Probably. people, to help them look ahead. Hey, are we ready for this commodity super cycle? So we know what it is. We know, we feel it's we're right at the beginning of one. Are we ready for it? Well, you know, let's take a look at the article in Yahoo Finance, which I think is a great depiction of what we can look forward to. And I'll let you take it over here because we have the article up on the screen. I firmly believe that that all of the fundamentals are in place. Cycles are just that. They're, mm-hmm. They come in waves. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, in fact, we've gone through a few super cycles over the past century, it seems like all of the pieces of the puzzle are in place to drive uh, a significant uh, epic super cycle moving forward, which would last, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. So. Yeah, the winds are not, you know headwinds they're tailwinds they're pushing everything forward like you know everything from where we are with um you know monetary support macroeconomic support central bankers most recently chairman powell they maintained um an accommodative stance the consensus opinion is that inflationary pressures which have emerged in certain uh, economy are trans- transitory in nature well um, you've you've pumped you know, global governments have pumped billions of dollars into the economy. And, and more to come, the trillion dollar infrastructure bill. That's And, and, and they're basically dismissing inflationary uh, factors as being short term or perhaps even irrelevant. So I think you're going to have a accommodative stance by global Governments, uh, low interest rates, low interest uh, rates, tremendous amount of monetary stimulus. Mm-hmm. People have been saving money over Fiscal the past stimulus, couple of years, which we talked about. So you have, and you have a tremendous amount of pent up demand. And so. this transition between fossil fuels over to electrification, uh, the demand that are, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in our spotlight coming up. Uh, great, um, great information there to come. Um, all these are kind of like key arguments in favor of this super cycle theory. 
Um, now, the question is, are you ready for it? Well, that's that's why we're here. We're educating our audience members on what we feel you know, we're at the we're at the beginning stages of a possible super cycle that we've never seen before. This is kind of like a once in a generation, once in a lifetime, uh, where you know all these things come together. Um, you know, you don't see these every decade. You don't see these certainly every every five years, every year. The, mm-hmm. This is something that is is significant. Uh, significant and different than what we're used to seeing in our lifetime. Well, every cycle is just that. It uh, has a start, a climax, and a descent, or mm-hmm. an end. You know, mm-hmm. the descending leg of a, of a cycle would probably be a recessionary, a recessionary yeah. environment, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this, this uh, cycle plays out because, you know, quite frankly, I don't think you want there to be irrational exuberance or an irrational climb in any asset class. Mm-hmm. In this case, we're talking about battery metals because what that does is it forces uh, uh, industry to seek alternatives. Right. So when you seek an alternative, it's because the, the, the asset class that you're utilizing becomes too expensive to create your, your economic profit. Yeah. So, and some of that's helping drive this. Look at the recent oil prices that came point. from negative... Uh, negative dollars in March 2020 now to snap back like a slinky, you know, this elastic kind of snapback and overshooting, you know, we're at $75, $80 a barrel. Well, if you're, uh, if, if you're pulling into the, the gas station and you're, you know, filling up $1.50 you know, a liter, a liter, or if you're in the States, you know, three, four dollars a gallon. The, yeah. Yeah. Or more, depending. Or more, yeah. And uh, Europe, don't even would, talk about would, Europe. Would I that mean, not force you to seek alternatives alternatives yeah and the alternatives in this case would be batteries and electric vehicles and everything that drives that uh mobility so on that point magna mining is aiming to capitalize in this once in a generation nickel cycle um great headline i love the headline in the mining uh journal and this is specific to everything that we're talking about with nickel sulfide deposits being currently the most reliable source for class one nickel products yeah. that are so you, needed to make these high density, you know, quality batteries, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and produce battery grade nickel. Um, you, so, you could take that headline mm-hmm. uh, and really substitute any company's name. Yeah. Uh, you know, so a JV article, Magna Mining aims to capitalize on a once-in-a-generation nickel cycle, where where you have Magna Mining, you could plug in a lot of the juniors that are out there. Right. They're all pursuing the same cycle. And again, everyone's aim is to fill this supply gap. Mm-hmm. Well, this is amazing. You know what? This is a great segue into our spotlight, John. This week's spotlight has been brought to you by Tardison Nickel. Tardison is drilling its Cambridge Nickel Sulfide project in Ontario to expand the resource and meet the needs of the rapidly growing EV battery market. Class 1 nickel is an essential component in battery production and a critical element in the North American supply chain. The Kinbridge Nickel deposit indicates there is significant potential to expand the mineral resource estimate with additional high-grade targets at the Kinbridge North site. Tardison Nickel, TN on the CSE. So our spotlight today is Tesla gets 100,000 order of vehicles by Hertz car rentals. Insane. 
It's uh, almost it's almost like they added an extra zero there. You know, <laughs> I, I misread it. Originally, I thought it was 10,000 until you corrected me. So the great article here in uh, Routers woke up this morning, and uh, they're talking about Tesla zooms past the one trillion market cap. They surpassed Apple now. And the bet yeah. that EV future is now. Mm-hmm. It's not like three years, five years, 10 years. It's now. These well, if, guys. If anyone out there was looking for validation, okay? validation that in fact we are on this journey towards uh what we call the ev revolution or the battery storage revolution to have a, an order for one hundred thousand teslas by one of the major by global- 2022 john yeah <laughs> 2022 that's like yeah. that's in a, a few months we're gonna start someone woke up and Drank the coffee. <laughs> Tesla shares are hitting the over a thousand dollars. I think they're at uh, this morning. Today I saw it at a thousand and seventy dollars a share, making it the world's most valuable automaker. And uh, based on its latest uh, filings, and even Elon Musk expressed surprise at the velocity of the surge. Right, like he always saw it, he anticipated it. You know, it drove a lot of his innovation and ambitions. But he's like, wow, this is amazing. Um, it, I think everyone's buying in now. Everyone, everyone's well, at the point where, hey, you know what? We're fine with the, you know, anxiety, the the range anxiety issues that were mm-hmm. in the early days. You know, these batteries now are are you know the technology's there, right? Mm-hmm. I would call this the TSN turning point. TSN in turning the point. EV revolution, Leo. Uh, expand TSN's turning point. Go ahead. Well, TSN, I want to hear this. Yeah, the TSN turning point. The order of a hundred thousand vehicles would obviously. Initiate. Yeah. 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 Drive this for sure. Uh, so, Hertz. Now, uh, did, you, did you not say that uh, somewhere we read that they paid full price for? I heard on Bloomberg a different uh, source um, on Bloomberg TV. They were saying they paid regular dollar. They didn't get a discount. You would think that they would get a discount. But you know what? Hertz's decision to order these 100,000 Tesla vehicles by the end of 2022. Um, they're they're basically saying electric vehicles are no longer a niche. This is going to become a dominant kind of like value uh, offering by Hertz. They feel that this is going to help, you know, drive drive and dominate the mass car market in the near future. They believe it's it's here, it's here, and it's now, and it's mainstream. And this is really going to help differentiate Hertz. Uh, they, don't forget, Hertz car rental, you know, had some financial issues um, not yeah, long ago, and they feel that this this move, this drive, is really going to help distinguish them from their competitors. Um, and there's a lot of money that's backing this, so it's it's incredible. Well, if this is not affirmation that they see the future, you know, we talked about looking down the road as opposed mm-hmm. to looking in your rearview mirror. This is Hertz saying we believe in in this future so much so that they may very well be paying full price or close to full price. I know when I go to buy a car, I usually look for a deal if I'm right. buying one. And if you're buying a hundred thousand, you would expect that. Like, you'd think you'd think you, someone you would have some leverage there, right? I'm buying a hundred thousand, so so who was there? To, who negotiated that deal? I, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, you know, I'd have to give uh, kudos to the Tesla negotiator. Basically. Well, it's like uh, the the uh, Tampa Bay Chicago football game on Sunday evening. Uh, uh, Brady threw his six hundredth. Uh, touchdown right. and the receiver tossed the football into the crowd and one of the fans had the football and they realized what he did afterwards so they were trying to get the football back from this guy 
and he didn't realize what he was holding on to. But yeah. obviously, Tom Brady wants his football back. They, sure. they gave it back to him. And uh, there was a blog that uh, one of the sports memorabilia valuation uh, characters out mm-hmm. there put a price tag on this football of $500,000. So uh, I think the guy got a maybe a he got some perks for sure. I'm he, got, sure he got a football. Brady a, helped him out. In, inconsequential <laughs> non-game ball and maybe a signed jersey. So I don't know. He probably didn't negotiate that deal too well. Either. Well, I, I'm hoping he did. I, I'm hoping yeah. he did better than that. But yeah. you know, basically, like, like lifetime uh, season passes, maybe. Yeah. Um, the the other the other important uh, bit of information here is the Tesla Model Three. I didn't I didn't I couldn't believe this was the best selling vehicle of any kind in Europe last month. Incredible. That is amazing. So it surpassed Mercedes, you know, Fiat, BMW as being the best selling vehicle of any kind. So talking about growth and, you know, trends and where things are going, if that doesn't really explain this, you know, being at the precipitous of this super cycle. I don't know what does. You know, the demand is there. It's here to stay. It's not one of those temporary inflationary kind of like temporary, you know, lags that have to just catch up to next year and kind of normalize. This is going to be here and not just for a year or two, John. This is going to be here with us for years. And let me use the word decades. That's why they call it a super cycle. Exactly. (laughs) Well, guess what, John? With that being said, we've reached the end of the show. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. Don't mess it. Let us know what's on your mind. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at GreenNickel101. We'll do our best to answer any questions in our next episode, so be sure to leave comments and opinions. Remember, we upload new episodes every single Monday. And until next time, think nickel and and have have a green green day. day. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Tardis and nickel traded on the Canadian Stock Exchange, symbol TN, or over-the-counter, symbol TTSRF.